Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host. She spent most of her teenage years practicing shooting at a netball ring, Leanne Hughes. Hello, fellow first-time facilitators, and welcome to the show this week. Thanks for tuning in. Now, this is the first solo episode I'm recording, and it's come in response to some feedback I received from a listener. Her name is Aminata Ndoy, and she's from Toronto, Canada. She asked me if I could incorporate listener questions periodically, and I think that's a great suggestion. It allows some variety for the show and typically we'll keep these episodes short. They won't run for any longer than 15 minutes. From time to time, I'll incorporate these as either standalone episodes or an add-on feature for the week, depending, I guess, on the length of my response. So if you do have a facilitation or training question that you'd like answered, there are a few ways you can submit it. Uh, You can email me at hello at firsttimefacilitator.com send me a tweet at Leanne Hughes, that's L-E-A-N-N-E-H-U-G-H-E-S. Message me your question on Instagram and that's at First Time Facilitator. Now, given that Aminata had the idea for this segment, I threw it over to her to ask her the first question. And her question is this. Along the way, you've seen a number of tricks from fantastic facilitators What were some of the amazing ones where you thought, wow, I need to add this to my facilitation? Aminata, thanks for your terrific question. And it's a good one as it really forces me to reflect back on all those years of sitting in workshops and then thinking about what I took out from those into my training room if it resonated with me. So I've put together my list of six tricks for now but I'm pretty sure I'll publish this episode and think, ah, I forgot that one time that the facilitator did this, this, this. So sometime down the track, I may need to add a part two uh, to this response. So the first trick I'll start with requires a little bit of skill and it's not something I've personally used yet, uh, but I'm pretty sure when this happened in the workshop, my jaw dropped in a really good way. I recently attended a three-day course on how to write a website landing page, and this course was held in Singapore. It was run by a guy called Sean D'Souza. He has a podcast called The Three-Month Vacation. He's a bit of an internet marketing legend, a teacher, author, as well as a talented cartoonist. On the first day, we worked as a group to brainstorm benefits and features related to selling a public speaking course. And there were two groups, and after our brain dump, we shared our ideas. A representative from each of the groups spoke through the points. That's nothing new, right? Sean was listening to each point and questioning any points he wanted further clarification on. Again, nothing new. After the exercise, he asked if we all had iPhones, which surprisingly all of us in the class did. And then we turned on our Bluetooth so he could airdrop an image to us. Now, this image was the coolest drawing of all the points that our group had just brainstormed. So we immediately had access to notes, but they were drawn just beautifully and were a fantastic souvenir of the conversation. Now, I'll link to a couple of these images in the show notes for this episode at firsttimefacilitator.com slash episode 14. 
Okay, so how did he do this? Well, he was using the latest iPad, which you can draw on, uh, plus teamed with his amazing cartooning skills. Um, That's how it worked. But let's just say, like me, you're not a great artist. It's still something you can do. Um, You can make those notes on the iPad. Your end product may not look look as good as Sean's, but your participants will have consistent and real-time access to the workshop notes. If you're also like me, you may be thinking, um, well, hang on, Leanne, I can't listen to what my participants are saying and draw at the same time. Well, another idea is maybe you can ask your participants to draw the notes on the iPad for you and share them at the end of each topic. And they can just share this responsibility around the room. Then it also doubles as an engagement strategy and everyone has access to the notes. To be inclusive though, each participant will need an iPhone for the airdrop feature, but if not, you can share via a Dropbox link or email at worst. My next tip is also from Sean's Singapore workshop. I think I'll definitely have to interview him for an upcoming episode. Uh, And that tip is that we took a lot of breaks. Now, this is more relevant if you're in the training mode or for a workshop that runs over a few days and is really about honing and building new skills. So as an example, the workshop ran from 9am to 4.30pm. We broke around 10.30 for lunch, uh, sorry, for morning tea, which went for about 40 minutes, lunch at 12.30 for around 75 minutes, and then had 30 minutes for afternoon tea. Now, this was a deliberate tactic from Sean. He believes it's important to have a break to let information seep into your subconscious and then you can attack the topic after the break with a really fresh head. I hadn't seen this as a strategy used before and I liked it. I think a lot of the time we try to cram as much information into the heads of our participants as we can. Um, But from my experience at this three-day workshop, I was not tired at any stage over the three-day program, even though everything I learnt was all new. And we also developed a really strong bond within our group because we were interacting so frequently. Okay, so what's another trick? Well, in episode three of the podcast, Nikki McMurray shared an awesome one that I have started using. When you're going to break out into an activity and you need to explain what to do, explain it when your participants are sitting down. Don't ever say the word stand up and then try to explain what's going on because you'll lose them. The second they stand up, they'll be checking their phones off the toilet, off to grab a second cup of coffee. You know what it's like. And she said your instruction should go along the lines of, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up for an activity dot, dot, dot. Then you explain how the activity works. If there are any questions, answer them and then ask them to get into their groups. It's such a simple, effective hack that makes a huge difference to getting your information communicated really well. Another facilitator I had on episode five was our humor engineer, Andrew Tarvin, who also runs an excellent icebreaker especially if you're working with a big group of people. Now, I ran this recently for a group of around 80 people as part of a leadership day, Um, but it can also work really well with smaller groups, probably no less than, you know, 16, 17. Now, we did this as an energizer after lunch and it's called walk, stop. The instructions are really simple, so I'll explain them now, but I can also link to Andrew's video explanation in the show notes. Okay, so you need to be in a room 
Everyone is standing up and scattered around the room. The rules are when you, the facilitator, says walk, the participants should start walking. When you say the word stop, they need to stop walking. So you go through, say the words a few times, walk, stop, walk, stop. It's pretty simple. Then you explain that the rules are changing. Now, walk means stop and stop means walk. Now try that combination a few times. You'll get a few giggles. Then you need to complicate it a bit more. So you add the words name and clap. Name means you yell your name out. Clap means you clap. Go through this again, then reverse the order. So now walk means stop. Stop means walk. Name means clap. And clap means name. Experiment with those four words and yell out a combination of them. Then it's time to add the final two words, dance and jump. Then you reverse all of them. Now, this is really fun because it makes everyone move around, listening closely, and a lot of people laugh because towards the end, no one's really getting it right. Like I said, I've used it before and it worked really well as an energizer, but I think at the beginning of a day, it would also be a good icebreaker. When I was working for a TAFE in the northwest of Australia, and for those of you who don't know what TAFE is, uh, it's called, I guess it's vocational education, uh, very similar to what community colleges in the US do. Now, one of our principal lecturers, Carol Howe, wanted to encourage our first-time facilitators to stop giving material all the time and create more interaction in their workshops. And this trick is, it's an oldie, look, but it's a goodie, and it's the very simple think, pair, share exercise. This takes little or no energy from you, but can create excellent engagement. Now, how simple is it? Well, you present content, and it could be content through a story, PowerPoint, diagram, video, news article, etc. Then you pause and arch ask each person to reflect on that information, to think about their top takeaways or what that means for them. And then you can ask them to write that down if you like. Then you ask them to pair up with someone and discuss their thoughts. That's the pair part. So they're sharing what the thoughts were, what they thought and the think part, and then sharing them with someone else. That's the pair part. The share part is bringing it back as a group and discussing what each partnership discussed. Now, by using think, pair, share, you're giving everyone time to reflect on the question and also the confidence to share their responses to the group because they've had a chance then to verify their thoughts with their partner. It's very simple, but a quick word of warning, don't overuse it. You don't want an entire workshop run on the back of think, pair, share. I think that could get exhausting and predictable for everyone. Finally, a colleague of mine, Phil Woods, listens into the show. G'day, Phil. Uh, last year, he wanted to participate in a welcome day I was hosting. Now, the agenda was full, uh, so I issued him a challenge and I said, Phil, if you can create a fun, amazing, engaging activity that helps pass on information, I'll let you have 30 minutes. Now, Phil was up for the challenge and he delivered. He used an online tool called Kahoot to run a game show type quiz for the group and they lapped it up. Now, how it works is you create your free quiz on their website at kahoot.it. That's K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T. You write or script questions which have four multiple responses, very similar to the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire type format. 
Now, when you play it, you project the Kahoot website on your computer onto the big screen and you get participants to log in and the answer options display on their mobile phones. And they need to select the right answer to the question within 20 seconds. Now, it's super fun. Um, You can run it as individuals or you can get one person in that group, like I said, to be a representative. Um, It just gets that intergroup competition happening and it's also a great way to test knowledge. Now, great stuff, Phil. I did steal this idea for a recent workshop and the participants loved it. So thank you. So, Emanata, those are some neat things that I've picked up quite recently that are really cool and I thought, yeah, I'm going to start using those. And in my list, there's a variety of simple techniques but also ones that rely on technology. So, just to recap, they are writing real-time notes on an iPad and airdropping it to your participants, giving time for your participants to reflect and absorb information by having regular breaks, explaining activity instructions, and then asking your participants to stand up and move, not the other way around. A fun icebreaker for large groups called Walk Stop and using technology like Kahoot.it to create an interactive competitive environment. Now you can view a link to all of these resources on the show notes page for this episode at firsttimefacilitator.com slash episode 14. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on an upcoming episode, like I said, send them through. I'd love to hear from you. Hello at firsttimefacilitator.com or send me a tweet at Leanne Hughes or a direct message on Instagram at firsttimefacilitator. Catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of First Time Facilitator. If you like the episode, just do your mates a favor and share it with them. Or I'd love to hear your feedback. Please leave me an honest review in iTunes. And if you want to keep posted on all the news happening in First Time Facilitator land, you can sign up to our email list, which is called The Flip Chart. Just visit firsttimefacilitator.com and there's a pop-up menu there where you can pop your email address in. Thanks a lot, guys, and see you next time.